In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, send your Holy Spirit down upon us and help us to make good choices as we pray for your protection and guidance. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast in hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Hey guys, welcome back to A Catholic Guy's Thoughts. I'm your host, Charlie, and today we're going to be continuing our two-part series. This will be the part two of two on morality, and today we're going to be focusing on our choices and what we can do with them. So let's get into it. So the first question I have is, who gets the last piece of the pie or of the cake? Now, as we approach holiday times, uh, my family would definitely be making some pie or cake. And we always have this dilemma. We go through about the first nine-tenths of the pie or cake in the first two days because we always love pie and cake. It's just we double up on it after lunch and after dinner because we love it so much. But the problem is when we get down to the last piece or piece and a half, because everyone knows that it's technically everyone's piece of pie or cake since it's no one's birthday. So everyone wants the last piece, but we also don't want to take the last piece because we know everyone else wants it as well. So what ends up happening in my family is we start taking like little quarter pieces of pie or little quarter pieces of cake because we still want to enjoy it, but we don't want to take the full thing away from everyone else because we know that they'll enjoy it too. And we're so bad because it gets down to the point where there's only really like a quarter of a piece of pie left. And it just sits there for probably like two weeks, at least two weeks, actually, because no one wants to take the last quarter piece of pie or cake until either generally my dad or even me. It's like, all right, this is about to go bad. Someone's got to eat it. I guess it'll be me. But that's just one of the choices we face today. I mean, that's an example of a silly one, but there's many more, much more serious choices we make. Now, one choice that's really impacted my life is a choice I made about a month ago where I let my temptations and my desires take over and I made an immoral decision. And immediately after, I I knew I completely regretted it because it had so many negative effects. Me and my girlfriend were just had this tension for a while that took took a couple of weeks to resolve. And while I was searching for answers and how to cope with this immoral decision. I looked at the back of my book, the book I was mentioning yesterday, Making Choices by Peter Kreef, and it said, can you live with your choices? Simple yet profound. In one of my episodes with uh, my friend John, I think I mentioned that one of my best confessions ever was with Father Jonathan who simply told me, when are you just going to step on the devil's throat and tell him no, rather than coming back to confession and confessing the same thing over and over. And it just hit me like a brick wall again. I think it, it really just spoke to me because it's, it's not a matter of, do I want to do it again? It's do I want to continue living with it? I think that's something we need to examine in ourselves constantly. How many choices do we make a day that we want to continue living like this? And this past Bible study, this past week's Bible study, 
something really stuck out to me. So right now we're in First Peter chapter 1. We just moved on from James. And um, in verse 7, it says, So that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that is perishable even though tested by fire, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And when I originally read this, because I, our uh, leader, Mr. Henderson, has been trying to get us to read beforehand so we have any sort of background information we need, I was a little confused. I was, I thought it was trying to say that our faith was more precious than gold because even gold is perishable by fire. But actually, that's, it is more precious than gold, and gold is perishable. But it's more speaking on tested by fire. So what I didn't know that Mr. Henderson uh, told us about when I asked the question is that many precious metals such as gold, and I think he said silver too, whenever they're in the raw form, they need to be purified. <clears throat> and to be purified, they're put in a pot and they're taken up to a boil where it's just a bunch of boiling metal. But the thing about when other, when it's under all this pressure, under all this heat, is when any sort of impurities in the metal rise up and whoever is watching it needs to skim it off with the skimmer and take it out of the metal so that it is more pure. And he can do this as many times as he wants to get the gold as pure as possible. And it just, I didn't think of it like that because it's really profound because what it's saying is that our faith needs to be tested. It's saying that we need to put ourselves through trials in order to be purified. In fact, in the verse above this, verse 6, it says, In this you rejoice, although now for a little while you may have to suffer through various trials. It's saying that through these trials, that our, the genuineness of our faith will become more precious than gold that is tested by fire. It will become more pure than the gold that is being purified because we are purifying ourselves. We'll be purifying our hearts and our minds. And this, this spoke out to me because one thing I'm continuously trying to do is identify where I'm sitting, where I need to improve. And I like to think I'm doing a good job of that, but sometimes I'm going through these trials and I don't think I'm purifying myself. I think I'm like, eh, is this really a trial or is, does it really matter? And I know I need to be better about that. Because this is how we move forward. This is how we move forward with our sin. And this is how we come back to God. Whenever we sin, we obviously need to come back to confession and repent. But what we can't do is the mistake that often I had of thinking that repentance meant asking for forgiveness. Now, for the longest time, I thought repentance was just asking for forgiveness. But repentance rather is going in the opposite direction. To run and go away from where you were before. And whenever I'm going through these trials, whenever whenever any of us are going through these trials, and we don't acknowledge that we need to be purified in some sort of way, we're running in the wrong direction. We're not running in the opposite direction. We're running in the wrong direction. And we need to, we need to acknowledge and repent and run in the opposite direction and purify ourselves so that we can become closer to God. That's what our faith is all about. We want to strive to be close to God. We want to strive to be in relation with God. And sin is the opposite of that. Sin is just the turning away from God. 
Now let's bring it back to whether we can live with our choices or not. Now, when, whenever I think of this, what I first think of is, why does it seem so hard to choose the right choice sometimes? And I've really come to the conclusion that it, it it's because of our community. Um, I personally have one set of friends who I know I can trust. I know they have what's best for me in mind, and I know that I can trust them with anything, and they'll continuously help me make the right decision because they are trying to make the right decision themselves. They're trying to push me to improve, and I'm trying to push them to improve. But then I have another set of friends who are not so morally sound or not so striving to be. Rather, they're more willing to embrace their selfish desires, their um, their temptations. And and when I'm with this other group of friends, I know that I I know that I need to be more cognizant of my decisions because I don't want to get wrapped up in something that I don't want to be a part of. And I I feel like I do a pretty good job of that. But one thing I've noticed is that in order to do so, I've really distanced myself from the group and I don't feel so personal. They're more, they feel sometimes more like acquaintances. And when I'm with my group of friends who I know I can trust with myself, I know that they're looking out for me and I can be myself around them. I'm so much more personal. I feel so much more loved and it just goes to show how much being a part of a good community can help us in our lives. And if we find ourselves in a situation where we see these iniquities and moral choices in our lives, we need to address how much of that is coming from our community, how much of that is coming from peer pressure. So it, what the first thing I think we can do when we ask the question, can you live with your choices? Obviously, we need to say yes or no. Some choices will be yes. Can I live with eating every day? Yes. Can I live with eating a hamburger every day? Probably not. I mean, you could. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do you any health benefits though. And whenever we say no, we can't live with such a choice. We need to identify where it comes from. We need to identify whether it's coming from us and our personal temptations. Or is it coming from our social group, our friends, and their peer pressure? And I feel like one thing I've done really well this past year is trying to take away any sort of peer pressure or build up myself so that I'm not influenced by the peer pressure as much anymore. I think that's really important for all of us in high school to do, to be able to resist peer pressure because there's a a lot of people out there who are not looking out for us. In fact, the group of friends that really look out for me is, I would say, less than 20 people that I can hang out with and know that I'm not in danger of any sort of sin, that they're looking out for the best for me, and I can have a good time with them and be my true self with them. I don't have to be afraid of being judged for anything with them, and I can just... I can really, I can let go and I can be in the state of happiness with them and enjoy the time I spend with them. But peer pressure, I actually, I actually find easier to get away from than personal temptation because peer pressure seems obvious sometimes, whereas personal temptation for me, at least never seems so obvious or maybe it did, but it was just, it's tied to you in a different way.
whenever I was trying to rid myself of peer pressure or build myself up so I'm not influenced by it, I found it much easier because it's like, do I really want to make this choice? Are they really looking out for the best for me? And oftentimes it was no. So it's like, no, I don't want to make this choice with them. I don't want to follow through with what they're doing. But I found the personal temptation, the can I live with the choices that are as a result of me that I want to get rid of is much harder because honestly, I don't really, I don't know the best way to explain it. You feel tied to them because maybe we've spent so much time with them or being tempted by them. And it's like, maybe it's easier for us to label our friends as bad. So it's easier to turn away from them. Whereas ourselves, we don't like to, uh, we don't like to label ourselves as bad. We like to label ourselves things like broken and be like, I'm a broken person. And sometimes we fall into that trap of being content. Like I said, when going all the way back to that confession with Father Jonathan, when am I going to stop being content with coming back to confession over and over and using God rather as a, at, rather than using him for repentance and saying, God, I acknowledge the sin and I'm going to do everything in my power to turn away from it and come towards you rather than what oftentimes what trap I fell into and some other who fall into as using him as a, as a way to not feel guilt, not feel guilty for an action and just being content with saying I am broken. I think it's really important for us and, Going back to when we talked about the gold, we need to, we need to not only see the impurities, but we need to take them out of ourselves. And the trials that are leading towards the trials that put us in a place of sin are the way we do it because through these trials, if we're sinning, we're choosing the, choosing the wrong options in these trials. And, but when we choose the wrong options that lead towards sin, it helps us identify our sin. And when we go to confession and we're confessing all these sins, it's just, we're now we're identifying. We're saying, Lord, I see all these things happening in my life, but how, how are we actually going to take them out? How are we actually going to purify ourselves? And I think the answer to that question really is, it's a, it's a personal answer. It's not a one size fits all answer, but there are tools that I think we can all use in order to help purify ourselves. I think obviously it's a number one thing is doing a reflection. And this is just for identifying our sins and helping us to understand what we're doing wrong. Um, it's a self reflection. If you've got, like the Hallow Prayer app, they have little reflections you can listen to, which are really great. They can talk to you about your day. Otherwise, um, Essential Presents has got a couple videos on reflections, but really, uh, it doesn't need to be as complicated as listening to a video or watching a video on how to do a reflection. A reflection can be as simple as taking some time and silence to ask God to reveal what areas of your life need working on. You can I tell God what you're thankful for, what you're grateful for, what you think you didn't do well in the day. And if we continue this sort of reflection over and over and bring it into our daily prayer, it'll help us identify any sort of sin that we are continuously having. And it will help us, it'll help us correct it. 
And we need to remember to repent in the true sense of repentance and go after and take that sin out and turn towards God again and not and not back towards sin. Alrighty, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I've got two little announcements before you go. The first one is in the description of this episode, there's a little Google form. If you've got the time to fill it out, I would really appreciate it because it would let me know how to improve the show and what you guys want to hear on the show. And secondly, we now have a Patreon. If you guys are able to support and willing to support and been enjoying a Catholic Guys Thoughts podcast, please do support. All donations are much appreciated. And I hope you guys are having a great holiday, and I'll see you guys next week.